0: Temp check.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Talking Metal 462. On today's episode, we have John Leon from White Wizard, who has a very exclusive, important announcement to tell
2: us about. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to hear an interview that you and our friend from Mars Attacks, Victor Ruiz, conducted with John, and we are... Awaiting this great big announcement from John, which is very, very cool. We are once again in Midtown Manhattan, our favorite stomping ground, having some Coke and coffee. And I don't mean cocaine. Uh, Hey, did you hear about this?
1: On the way here, and this will be old news by the time this podcast is posted next Tuesday, but on the way here on 1010Winds radio station... They said uh, they, all of a sudden this is a you know the biggest news station in the, in the country actually uh, out of uh, New York City an AM radio station they they start playing rock and roll all night by Kiss and they say four men dressed as Paul Stanley broke into like an auto body shop or or something last night and vandalized it uh, forty thousand dollars worth of damage did you hear about this I think you did because I texted you about it.
2: Yeah, I did hear about it, and what's crazy is uh, I read some other article that said uh, rock stars vandalize cars in New York City, or people dressed as rock stars. And what's funny is they were all dressed like Paul Stanley, apparently. What a crazy thing. I might have even heard that in a cab because a lot of cab drivers listen to 1010 Winds. I'm not sure why, but maybe they're, maybe there's traffic news on 1010 Winds. But uh, I was in a cab this morning, and that thing popped up. Yeah, I think it was in New Jersey. The report I heard, not New York City, that
1: that it took place. But who knows? Um, thought I heard Saddlebrook, New Jersey. And other news: Zach Wild recently, in the uh, actually the newest issue of Revolver magazine, talks about how he he met Jakey Lee back in the day once. And you know, we we actually know knew from speaking with Zach on one of our interviews that he's a fan of Jakey Lee. And. He confirms that in the new Revolver magazine and actually says that he's heard Red Dragon Cartel, the new music, and
2: he thought it was great. Very cool. I can't wait to see them live in April, and I had a great time hanging out at the studio where the music was recorded, Hideout Studios, out in Las Vegas, Nevada, with the one and only Ronnie Mancuso. Definitely. Other metal news, Vinny Appice has left
1: Kill Devil Hill so a band that he's been with for two records and uh, interesting you know we'll, we'll see what happens uh, they put out two solid records Jeff Pilsen of course worked on the last one we had Rex Brown on the podcast recently talking about it and here we are in January 2000 here we are in March 2014 and Vinny has left the band
2: I was shaking my head because I cannot believe it's 2014 I just cannot. And when I I look out my office window every day, I see the 2014 sign in Times Square. And I can't believe that all this time has passed. And literally, I remember various New Year's Eves. What year did you get your Red Explorer? Because that was one New Year's Eve where both of us went to 48th Street and picked out that guitar. That had to be...
1: 90 92 93 90 although oh, the Red Explorer where we live did I were we roommates at that time in Jersey City yeah, yeah we were so you know what maybe that was 94, 94 then, yeah. yeah 94. I think 94 sounds right yeah I believe the guitar is a 92 actually but I think buying it in 94 sounds uh, very uh,
2: possible it was 666 dollars. Yeah. I remember that. That is so weird. And uh, so that was one New Year's Eve that we were in. And I've literally been in Times Square almost, you know, I would say out of the last 20 years, I've probably been in Times Square 15 of those 20 years on New Year's Eve. Not necessarily around midnight, but literally physically on December 31st in Times Square. Now, the weird thing is the one New Year's Eve where I was in Times Square at midnight, I was watching Marilyn Manson play... At the MTV Studios and I missed the ball drop Because he was in the middle of a song And I was facing the wrong way And uh, I was like right up front
1: Wild stuff We spoke earlier about two of Ozzy's guitar players Zach Wilde and Jakey Lee Let's get into a little music by one of his other guitar players This is Gus G Solo This, This is a great song, you gotta check it out Summer Days featuring Jeff Scott Soto On vocals And it's off the new album by Gus G Called I Am The Fire
2: Was a little Gus G right here on Talking Metal. Why don't we get into another tune? This is a group from Egypt called Enraged, and this is Accomplices.
0: And hypocrisy. So do my del-
1: Was the band Enraged? A talking metal listener sent that in. I guess he's friends with those guys. I thought it sounded pretty good, so why not play it here on the podcast? And right now we're going to get into our interview that Victor and I conducted about a, about four or five days ago with John from White Wizard. And he has some. Uh, info for us on the current status of white wizard so to get into the interview we're going to hear a song called live free or die by white wizard uh from a number of years back and then we'll talk to john from white wizard
3: On the phone, we have John Leon from White Wizard.
1: John, how are, how are you, going, man? are guys? Oh, good, great, man. How are you guys? We're good, man. We're, we're excited to be talking to you. Last time we spoke with you, you promised us that within the, the next few months, we would hear White Wizard, new White Wizard music, and that was right on the kind of cusp of, of the old lineup uh, falling apart. And here we are exactly a few months later and you have some news for us tonight. Can you tell us uh, what we can expect before the yeah, end of the
4: week? Yeah, there's a, a new new song coming out and uh it's uh called Marathon of Dreams. I actually wrote it right at the uh <laughs> right when I was in London after our last tour. I went down before I came back to LA and it's uh I kind of wrote the basics of it um, and then, uh, you know, kind of refined it after I got back to uh, to Los Angeles and, uh, yeah, recorded it. Uh, features uh, Devin Lebsack on the drums, who uh, was uh, on our European tour with us. And uh, he's actually the drummer I always wanted for White Wizard. He was uh, in contractual obligations with uh, the band Head PE back when I was looking for drummers before Over the Top. And uh, he wasn't able to do it. But, uh, now that he was finally available, not only was he awesome on that tour, but it's great to finally do a recording with them. Um, I can confidently say with respect to other drummers that have been in the band, it's the best drum performance ever on a white wizard song by far. Um, it's really strong because his drumming is just phenomenal on it. And, uh, other than that, we, uh, we nailed down. I basically, I played bass and rhythm and lead guitars again. Um, but we did nail down Jackie Vincent from the band Falling in Reverse. He was nice enough to come do one of the solos. So he plays the second guitar solo, um, and he's a killer guitar player. Did an awesome solo, and I had a good time hanging out with him in the studio. And uh, but the big surprise is basically from here on out. You know, even though I've written uh, all the vocal melodies on the last few releases, and uh, you know, worked with different vocalists at this point, uh, kind of decided that I owed it to myself to go ahead and start uh, singing. The white wizard material so officially this track will feature me on vocals to so be the first time that i sing a white wizard track and uh so that's kind of the big surprise it's basically i'm going to be singing so i did the majority of the stuff on this track jackie laid down a solo Devin laid down the drums and it was mixed by uh by mudrock um who's a great engineer who's worked with everyone from god's back to avenge sevenfold um he's got a pretty long list of uh you know, legendary albums that he's done in, in the metal world and in, in the rock world, and uh, he's a fantastic producer. And he did a great job mixing the track, and uh, overall, it's kind of uh, been a, a labor of love over the last few months. After after all the chaos, and, and now we're here. I'm excited about the song. I think it's great. I think it's one of the best things we've ever done. I'm very really excited about myself taking over the vocals, and uh, I, I like where I'm at with it. I'm, I'm in some pretty extensive vocal lessons now, and taking it pretty damn seriously to try to kind of finally be the lead singer as opposed to the songwriter and the uh, guy who was working with a lead singer.
1: Wow. Well, that's big news. And, and, you know, white wizard personalities and, and conflicts aside, you guys have had some really strong, good singers, uh, as far as technique goes, guys like Joseph, Michael, and Wyatt. Um, is your voice like, is, I'm, I'm guessing you, you might have a different style than they do, or would you consider your style of singing similar to some of the former members of white wizard?
4: Well, I mean, you know, as far as the feeling and as far as the emotion goes, you know, all those vocal melodies that those guys have sung have come out of me. However, you know, technique wise, those guys can do, you know, there's not going to be any more Halford style whales. Um, I think that's a lot of the reason why I never did sing because I was kind of convinced that it had to have that, element to it you know i was very kind of specific in what i wanted to do but as my voice has grown through the writing process and just through continually singing gotten better than it was i think i've gotten more confidence with it and my timbre is definitely different it's 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 definitely going to be you know there's not going to be the big highs it's not going to be as metal per se in the vocal but i think it's it's really good for what it is and i think that some people will embrace it. Some people will think, you know, other singers were better. Um, either way, I think I owed it to myself to do this. And I think for the band to really continue on, it was really the only logical solution. And, uh, the band is pretty much going to be a three piece now <laughs> like rush. And, uh, I'm going to have a lead guitar player that, uh, I'm working with now, but I'm, I'm not really debuting the live aspects of the band for a while, but, uh, He can do uh, some of the highs and support, to kind of do the high stuff when we want to do some of the old material. And I can sing all the mid-range voice, no problem, um, on all those songs since I wrote them anyway. And we will still be able to perform some of the old material. But really, I'm working really hard on getting a new full-length album done and hopefully out later this year. And and just going to continue moving forward. And and I think it'll get different reactions from different people. I'm really not too concerned with it. I'm happy with it. If I didn't think it was really great, I wouldn't put it out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a real amazing adventure kind of getting to this point. And to be honest, it's a really self, it's a lot of satisfaction for me because to, to kind of take the reins and, and, and go balls out and try to do the vocals, um, was, uh, was kind of a, a difficult, but necessary decision. And it ended up being one that I'm really happy with and I'm excited about where everything's going now and. The songwriting is just flowing out of me, and it's, it's a fun time, really.
3: You've always mentioned that Rush was a big influence anyway, so it, mm. could, could people think that this is sort of a conspiracy of you just working towards that goal all along? You
4: well, know, there was a conspiracy, but I think that ultimately, you know, my, you know I always wanted to take the front role on this band. To be honest, before I found Wyatt. Um, I did attempt to do that after the GTO lineup failed, and I had put the band was putting the band back together, and I'd written over the top Forty Deuces and, and White Wizard from that particular album, and I'd recorded all the music. I actually attempted to sing it in the studio, but at the time, I think my voice was developed enough, and my producer and I talked, and he was kind of like, you know, you know, you might want to try to find someone. You're gonna, you need to go back and work at your voice more. We just kind of, you know, it's kind of an honest realization, at least at that point. So of course, I continued to look and. You know, found Wyatt, which you know, look Wyatt Anderson, you know, phenomenal singer. Um, definitely, from a from a technicality standpoint, can do far more things in gymnastics with his voice than I ever could. But it's, um, I still think it comes down to the songwriting feel and emotion and expression. And I think all those things are there, and I think my voice has gotten to a point now where I think, you know, I think a lot of people are going to dig it. I think there's some people that won't, but there's some people that you know, don't dig anything that's different from what they think is the best or what they like. But I do think my voice also crosses over out of the metal genre a bit um, very well. I think it kind of may appeal to the average listener more than some of the more cliched metal-style singers that have been in the band. So, you know, it may help us cross over a bit, which in the end is probably what we need to survive because I don't think I could have just continued on being a new wave of traditional heavy metal kind of pigeonhole thing and releasing, you know, stuff and i mean i think you have to have a further vision and yeah bands like rush or who have had so many different eras and never been to try afraid to try anything um those are the bands yeah i mean that's exactly what i'm completely all about and i think that i'll continually release music and you know hopefully people are behind it i think i don't i don't do it with other people in mind or trying to be worried what people are going to think i just do what i love and what i feel that's always been the case I and mean, i got into this for the of the music because i love music and that's what it's all about still for me i think it's just a natural progression and you know unfortunately or fortunately this is where it ended up you know and uh, for me to continue on and for it to keep going that's what had to be the next stage
1: so you mentioned that the vocal style obviously is going to be a little different on on the new material what about musically has the music style of it became become less metal if you will or is it still a similar... No,
4: not 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 this song. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Um,
4: you know, th- th- this song is pretty uh, pretty in-your-face. It's definitely, it's pretty relentless. And it's, um, again, the drumming on it, the rhythm section stuff, the drumming, I'm happy with all of it. I'm happy with all of my playing, Devin's playing. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely completely in the spirit of what Light Wizard's all about. I don't think there's anything musically that anyone's going to hear or feel that doesn't... Uh, feel uh, right there i think it's one of the best best songs you know i'd say it's the top five songs that, that we've done musically without question the vocals wow. are going to be a matter of opinion but musically it's real strong and um it's uh it's a lot of fun and i think that you know the songwriting that i've been doing though, however i to be honest with me singing it's kind of allowing me to branch the sound out and i think i'm going to on an overall album there'll be some stuff that's really, you know, reminiscent or that's the same vibe, but I am trying to expand a bit and continue to cross over and grow. I think even for myself as a songwriter, I have to do it. You know, it's uh, it, it, but I like where it's going. I'm really excited about it. I think I'm writing a lot of the best stuff I ever had. And I think that it's, it's only going to give the band even more of a well-rounded sound. And I think again, for it to ever grow, we're going to have to cross over and it's going to have to progress and, you know, a lot of people, have it's said to me, you know, one of one of the things that gets said to me from time to time is, why don't you just change the name? You know, um, there's been so much drama attached to it and this and that. But my, my reaction is always like, no, because ultimately, the band's spirit has always been in all of the recordings. And I think that my songwriting is the common thread throughout it. And I think that that catalog's really strong. And I think that for every one person that may have Gotten caught up and you know whatever dramas happened. There's 10 people out there that don't even know about it. They just like a lot of White Wizard songs because they're good songs and they, they resonate with them. So there's when the next White Wizard song comes out, you know that's to me the back catalog is the strength, but I think that the songs are the strength and that's what can carry you through anything. And if if I didn't feel like you know the back catalog was so strong and that I, I didn't think that people connected to that and. And maybe so, but but why? You know, at the end of the day,
1: right. I'm not worried I,
4: about what the, what other people think. You know,
1: yeah, I wouldn't change the name. I mean, it's like you know, you, you you are the consistent, and we've seen you know whether it's Yes, where I think Chris Squire is the only guy who's been on every Yes record, and it's you know, Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails, White Snake. I mean, the list goes on and on. Where where sometimes there's there's one consistent you know leader. Who kind of uh, it has the vision, and and there's other people in and out of the band. So I, I I'm all for you sticking with White Wizard, and for lack of a better word, you know, continuing the brand. You know.
4: Yeah, thanks, man. I think it's uh, it's you know it's definitely one of those things that you know I've got a lot of passion for it, and I think that's why. I mean, I don't think people realize, but in the last you know three four years, I mean, I've, I've managed to put out you know I believe thirty something songs. Um, it's been pretty consistent, you know, that, that whatever's happened, the songs keep coming and, and they keep getting put out there. So the way I see it is you just got to keep doing what you love and doing it. That's the one thing is even though I've had a lot of hard times, last four years in frustration, I've also had a lot of, uh, you know, artistic, uh, you know, satisfaction, and a lot of good times too. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, feeding that part of myself, you know, feeding that creative part of the soul that, that is what it's all about. It's, it, it, the kid that was air basing in the hemispheres in the living room and like that was me when I was 13 you know
3: right, right I was
4: I was stoned and not going to school I'd cut first two periods and I just put on hemispheres man and I just bounced around the living room and I was air-based in Lee man you know so it, it's it's that's the spirit that keeps you going and that's never left me I'm still that guy you know I can right do on. that tomorrow morning just like I did when I was 13 and eat some Captain Crunch and
3: you know, <laughs>
4: bounce around the living room and, and airbase the whole thing and feel it and not give a damn who was watching. So right on. that's uh, that's what feeds it, man. And I think that as long as you got that, then who cares about all the other shit? I mean, it's, you know, I always say, man, I mean, if, if Steve Harris would have tried to put Maiden together in the Internet era in that first four years, if you ever watched the Maiden earlier, it's like he went through like 30 people, man. Like, yeah. you know, that's if they had the Internet, i all like give him hell about it and, you know. Uh, it's, it's tough but you know at the end of the day who cares like the music is the common thread. five years from now I keep putting out music for people to connect to it, and no one else is, nothing else is really going to matter you know eventually that different shit and all the, all that stuff just fades away I mean it doesn't matter the music's what matters
1: definitely now when we spoke with you last you you were talking about not really putting stuff out as an album and kind of just releasing a song here and a song there is that still the game plan?
4: You don't know, no, I think that after getting advice from people and really looking at the whole way that everything works, I will probably release one or two singles from a forthcoming album. This will be from a forthcoming album. I haven't titled the album yet, but the amount of writing that's happening, is, 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 is there's some cohesiveness, and it just seems to make more sense now to, to kind of maybe go that route. I, that idea was a good one, but I think a little naive in the grand scheme. And I think it's better to go this direction right now. And I'll probably release one single now, another one in the summertime. Those will be books on a forthcoming record and hopefully by fall or early next year, have a full length out and then have the live element of the band ready to go. I'm, I'm just taking time. I mean, I'm back in school. You know, I, I, one thing this has allowed me to do, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in college full time as well right now. I'm basically oh, wow. taking business law, business law, small business management. I'm basically doing full ma- business major stuff, and I'm you know I'm learning how to write contracts. I'm learning all the stuff that I wish I would have learned four years ago, um, because a lot of that's what causes causes you problems. I think you tell people one thing verbally, you think they understand, and then later on when things happen, and there's either paranoia or egos or whatever, people use things, and, and it's not, if things aren't on paper and they're not very clear on both sides. And, and you yourself don't understand everything, it, that's what leads to problems. So I think that for me to run a record label or run this band in the future, um, it's important. And I'm, I have other business interests as well. So it, it's kind of serving many, many elements. So by the end of this semester, I should have a, you know, all my contractual uh, <laughs> knowledge in order and uh, a lot of different stuff. And I'm ascent through all the stuff, but it's requiring a lot of focus too. So I'm kind of balanced between both of those realities right now. And, um, and trying to get these songs out. So once that's done and once a couple songs are out, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, generate enough revenue. We're going to do, you know, um, a limited run of vinyls. I've got a B-side, and I'll probably do, like, just 100 vinyls. Um, I have an original sketch that Derek Riggs did for me originally when I first brought him on board before he did the final piece for the first White Wizard art. Oh, cool. And I'm going to I'm gonna put that on the vinyl, and that's, that's kind of going to be what's attached to this single. Um, and I'm going to sign all the vinyls and do like a hundred of them and, and sell those and any revenue I bring in is just going to be reinvested. I mean, basically my whole game plan is any revenue made from digital sales and from any merchandise that's sold over the next couple of singles. I'll put all that in along with what, you know, what money I can accrue for, uh, for investment and then, you know, I'll do a full length and see how it goes and just keep reinvesting and go do some, you know, shows here and there and. See where it goes, you know. I mean, it. I think it's going to be a matter of. I'm going to definitely do a lot of work to try to make it successful, but at the same time, it, it's also going to be kind of on the winds of where it wants to be taken and uh, how people react to it and how they feel, you know. And I'm cool with either way, man. So just keep doing what I do, and I just keep putting out albums on my own dime, and just a certain amount of people buy them, and it's all good too. I, I think I'll always be creating and putting out music. Though.
1: Excellent. And for any talking metal listeners who don't know Derek Riggs, who John just mentioned, is of course the the great artist who did all those classic Iron Maiden records as well as I think he did one of Bruce Dickinson's solo records and maybe a a Gamma Ray record or something. I'm not sure, but he's he's done a lot of great yeah, album you're correct. cover art.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Budgie as well back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. He's- right.
4: He's done. He's done so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, I you know I always say merchandise is so critical to any band's success. But uh, you know, you have to think of Maiden. You know, after after their manager and Steve and and, and Bruce, you know, it, it's hard to hard to, to say that maybe he's not the next you know person you could attribute to their success, just because that art had such a uh, huge huge effect on their merchandising and, and really. Is a is a huge thread throughout those you know those those albums those first seven albums were all home runs. Um, it's real hard to do seven albums in a row. They were home runs from the beginning albums to Seventh Son, and I mean you, you, the art was home runs as well, including Live After Death. You had eight pieces. Those first eight pieces were just, and even the B side or the single
1: pieces, everything was just
4: phenomenal. And like you look back yeah. on it, you're like, wow, man, they really pull some stuff off, and I think that still sustains their success to
1: this day, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, you you mentioned just, you know, zoning out to the Rush albums. I mean, I I used to do that to Rush, but also so much to Maiden. I would just sit there with Mm. the vinyl playing just staring into those album covers and some of the art, like on Somewhere in Time and stuff, it was just so complex. You'd always come across new little things that you hadn't seen before and uh, Derek Riggs, just a Phenomenal artist and if you haven't uh talking metal listeners if you haven't read the book run for cover by Martin Popoff it is the the art and story of Derek Riggs and it's a it's a great book I think you can pick it up on Martin's uh Martin Popoff's website
4: yeah he's uh you know it's funny when 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 I started the band and I kind of brought the first guys into it you know you know James LaRue who was, was on the first EP and then on the first Holy Grail record um you know, he was the one guy with me that just, you know, we were so convinced, like, got to get Derek Riggs, you know, like, got to do it, you know. And I hunted him down online and, and ended up, you know, we hired him on to do that. Funny, um, I ran into James recently at a at a bar with our the video director did our couple of videos, and we were kind of laughing about that, looking back on it, like, you know, well, it, it wasn't cheap, <laughs> put it happened, right. you know. <laughs> so, uh, but but nonetheless, it was it was a really it's a time, you know, being such a huge fan, I was just flipping out on the whole idea. You know, like I remember I got the first email from him and I freaked out. I'm like, Derek just emailed me. Oh my God. You know, and you know, obviously to a uh, you know, wide eyed kind of fan, yeah, it was it was a killer thing. And and I'm still stoked that we did it ultimately, but um um it, it was definitely really interesting to kind of go through that process and have him do you know a custom art piece for us. And and no one knew who the band was yet. It's this, this was even before the high speed GTO video was done. Um, It was just big, big ambitions, big ideas. And, and the rigs thing was something that I was just really all about. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool because that original sketch he did for me, no one's ever really gotten to see it. And it's more just a hand-drawn sketch that he did, which is pretty cool, you know, before he did the final, because he does a lot of stuff in digital now. And, it's you know, it's kind of CG-looking, all of his, his art. But it's kind of cool when you see just what he did with his hands, you know. And yeah. he put this sketch together. And he's responsible, you know, the whole... uh Wizard with the ram horn helmet. Um, he's responsible, he just came up with that. I think he was doing it from uh Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the John Cleese character, you know, the the, the mm-hmm. wizard character that he plays, Tim the Enchanter. And uh, you know, I don't know if you remember that part when they're battling the rabbit, but his his helmet had the ram horns on it, just like that thing. And I think, I think that's where Derek got the inspiration. I never asked him, but that ended up making it into kind of the videos. and kind of what our wizard character looks like he's got that the enchanter
3: uh, helmet on. Cool. So, when can we expect the new single and how can people get a hold of it?
4: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's the plan right now is for it to drop next week uh, digitally on iTunes obviously it will be the uh, the main site Amazon things of that nature. I think I'll probably have it up on Bandcamp as well soon we're going to have a band camp site that may be a few days delayed after the iTunes release. Um, you know, and then, and then I'll probably a couple of weeks after that put it on the streaming sites. At that point, it's just going to be, you know, who wants to pay for it, pays for it type of thing. Um, and, you know, just kind of just let it be out there after that and, and kind of put it as many places as I can. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do a video. If it talks, I can't say whether or not that's going to happen or not for this song. Um, I've got a good treatment written. It's just a matter of timing and whether or not it can be put together. There will be another White Wizard video at some point this year in the spirit of the last ones, but uh, I'm not sure if it'll be for this song or for another song yet, but uh, it's definitely being worked at. And, um, you know, still just have fun with it and keep putting the stuff out and see what happens. And then there will be, like I said, a a limited run Um, in April. These will be available. There's going to be 100 finals. Yeah, and there'll probably be some shirts and CDs as well with and "Run with the b side on them. If, if people want to get it for a collector's item, they'll be signed and they'll have the rig sketch on it and stuff like that.
3: Cool, cool. So, so where can people go to keep up with all this? Is the Facebook still the the best place for them to uh, keep up with what the band is doing?
4: Yeah, Facebook slash White Wizard is still the main page. White Wizard Records is being built, however. Um, that's going to be the page for everything. White Wizard is www.whitewizardrecords.com. Of course, two and Wizard. Um, that's in the process of being built, so everything will be done through that site, um, and that's where you'll be able to find uh, all that stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much where it's at with the internet. Um, and it will be a bandcamp site. So you know, we'll stay on top of that. Um, you know, I've got the Facebook tied into Instagram, and we'll have Twitter and you know, all those things will be going, so to speak, and, and just kind of run between all those. And I'm sure anybody just Googles it. will have uh, plenty of links to, to buy stuff and or to get information.
1: Cool. Very good. Well, thank you for giving us this exclusive news about white wizard. You guys are now a three piece. And uh, I guess I get one more question about that, John, when, you know, you mentioned that, that you guys aren't going to be immediately playing out live but when do you expect uh, we would be seeing the three-piece version of White Wizard Live?
4: Yeah, I would say later this year at some point. I I wouldn't think, you know, I'm probably going to be gearing up for 2015. I mean, I'll probably try to find, you know, um, an agent later this year to talk about booking for 2015 and then kind of see where it ends up. We may just keep it, you know, to where we're just going to, you know, just kind of see what gets offered, you know, maybe do a festival here and there, maybe do some local stuff in California. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, how people react. I think at that point, we'll have a pretty good idea. You know, after I release a couple of these singles, it's going to be interesting to see how people react to it. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a shift and, and a lot of different factors come into play with this. Since I'm doing this, you know, pretty much solo and on my own. Now, it's, it's you know, it's a different ball game when you go out there by yourself. You know, it's a lot of a lot of magazines and websites they, they don't touch it unless you're on a record label and they have those deals worked out with the labels and there's a lot of politics involved behind the scenes in this whole world and it's uh, it's gonna take you know I think a lot of just pushing it on my own doing stuff online and, and, and fan support and'll see where it all ends up you know I, I have no idea if there seems to be a demand for it and and there's an interest and and ultimately it feels right and, and everyone involved who's playing wants to do it, then, you know, I think that's how we'll gauge how much we're going to do, but, uh, it probably won't be till towards, uh, later in the year before that's even not being really serious with that, plus I'm in uh, school, so <laughs> yeah, I'm in right full-time on. school, so I'm not touring until, uh, you know, at least this semester's over, but I'll probably do two solid semesters and then I'll, I'll review 2015 and see if I want to put that on hold. I pretty much decided to uh, get back into making money from other sources um, right. and then we'll see what music does I want to keep music creative and just do it for the love if it starts to generate more money than what needs to be reinvested in the band great but I think it's important for any musician these days to uh, not have all their eggs in the uh, indie rock or indie metal basket because um,
1: everybody's learning it's, it's, it's real hard to make profit in this thing and, and, and do it consistently alright man well best of luck to you and to take us out this yeah. is a sound sample of the new White Wizard track, which will be available on iTunes later this month.
0: It's F. You'll buy up again. It's on the page, will like to get to the stars I now ascend. City of Angels back could the I'm positivity, no more hidden inside. On wings of light, I glide To find the inner self, which is the ultimate wealth. To find the inner peace.
1: What you are listening to is the brand new song by White Wizard, currently available on iTunes. The song is called Marathon of Dreams.
0: Just running to control Never down I'm hungry for the light Inside my soul Channel rainbows from the sun Starlight guide A marathon of dreams Has just begun I have to learn to see Find positivity No more hidden sight On wings of light to find in inner self Which is the ultimate will To find in a peace Forgiveness and release Running free, running high Paragon, across the sky Never waver wave front, The goal, it lifts the sun Inside my soul Will spin in my mind Raise the track, hope to find Another day, another way To escape from yesterday
2: John Leone. Mark, great interview. You and Victor did a great job. Victor is like an expert in this band. And we've seen Light Wizard uh, at least once or twice, right? You probably saw him even more than I did. Uh, No, I've just seen him that one time. And so this is,
1: yeah, we interviewed John that night that we saw them uh, in New York City and along with Eric, who is no longer in the band. And then we had John on a podcast a couple months back, maybe three months back. Uh, Victor and I did an interview with him, Victor from Mars Attacks, that is, who conducted this interview uh, again with me. And so, yeah, it was great. Our third time having John on the podcast uh, today. So thanks to John from White Wizard. And I'm going to turn the mic over to John Astronomy, who's going to talk about a band and also a song that's going to take us out from today's podcast but before i do that guys please use those amazon links on talkingmetal.com to support us that opens your amazon takes you your amazon page takes you over to amazon you can purchase all your products that way we get a small kickback on that you can also buy a t-shirt there's talking metal t-shirts for sale in the merch section on talkingmetal.com and you can of course Make a PayPal donation, too. That always is uh, helpful. Those are ways you can support Talking Metal. John, what do you got there?
2: Okay, before I get into this, I just got a text from uh, our friend John Simpson regarding that Paul Stanley stuff. And no, he wasn't secretly listening to us talking to it, (laughs) talking about it. So I haven't read everything, but the link says NJ.com. So you are correct that this incident happened in New Jersey. Not New York, as I erroneously reported. So, anyway. Guys, I was watching TV in the middle of the night one night. And I was flicking through the channels. And I went to that music choice on Fios. And it was on, I guess, the metal section. And this song called Somos Uno, which means We Are One, came up. And it was by a group called De La Tierra. Now, let me tell you about this. De La Tierra is a Latin American groove metal supergroup formed in late 2012 by Brazilian guitarist Andreas Kisser of Sepultura, Argentine singer, guitarist, and bassist Andre Jimenez of Animal, and Senor Flavio of Los, Los Fabulosos Cadillacs, and Mexican drummer Alex Gonzalez of Mana. That's like a big pop rock group. And uh, their debut album uh, has just recently come out on Roadrunner Records. And they have a a single called Maldita Historia. And uh, there's a music video for that and everything. But that is not the song I want to end this podcast with. I want to end the podcast with Somos Uno. And this is a great, great tune. I've immediately, after watching this video, or, or not even a video, Music Choice is just like a picture of the band. And uh, music playing behind it. So I, I initially went from that room over into my musical room, and uh, pulled some info about these guys up online. And I pulled out a guitar, tuned it way down. It's like it's like tuned to like I don't even know what note. It's like it's lower than Five Finger Death Punch, and they tune way low. And uh, it's some really cool stuff. Uh, some great guitar picking, great riffs. It's super heavy. And uh, I'm really getting into it. And, and I'm even surprised that if I tune my Flying V, my Gibson Flying V, down way, way low, still with what I would call a drop D tuning, but the D is no longer a D. It's probably like a, like a C or something even lower than that. And uh, I can actually play these riffs, and they sound like they're supposed to sound. So this is like a band that I'm totally into, and it's getting me into some other similar style music. Like, for, for example, there's a song called... Uh, There's a song called Over and Under It by Five Finger Death Punch, and I'm working on learning how to play this new style of metal. Wow, that's cool, man. That's cool.
1: I bought a Marshall practice amp recently, hoping that it kind of kickstarts me back into practicing on a regular basis. Um, It'd be great to start jamming with you again, John. It's been a number of years, and it's long overdue, so I hope... Maybe later this year we can make that happen again. But w- let's let's hear some of this music you're talking about.
2: Great, great. Yeah, definitely, Mark. We definitely have to jam again very, very, very soon. And I, too, have a small new little martial practice amp. Remember my old martial amp that we used on uh, the Talking Metal TV show? Totally, yep. Well, um, a guy that you, I'm sure, may know. Uh, see, I'm I'm sure that you may know him, so that's an accurate statement. Al Irizari. remember him? Yeah. He used to work at VH1? Yeah. So, anyway, he had borrowed the amp a long time ago, and uh, and something happened to it, and he had it fixed. And, you know, I, I told him, I, by the way, I said, by the way, do you sell that amp? And he's like, yeah. And I said, you know what, just keep it. <laughs> and uh, so I went out, and I got this little tiny amp. It's even smaller than that. It's a little Marshall, but it's loud enough for my apartment, and it's got a, you know, good distortion. And uh, so I am now jamming through that. And, of course, right behind that little amp, I've got three stacks uh uh, Marshall full stack and two Randall full stacks, but of course those are not plugged in. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, what's the name of this song? This song is called Somos Uno by De La Tierra, and it is killer. Take care, guys.